Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings be upon you. On the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. Today on our podcast on Healing is Believing, we're discussing about ancestral energy. And this is in conjunction of last week's episode, a continuation of Ancestral Energy Part 2. On our, um, on our podcast today, we have Imam Saab, as well as Dr. Vibert White Muhammad, our ambassador for the Divine Clinic Foundation. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Muhammad. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, it was a wonderful day. It's hot. You know, in Florida, I don't know how it is on the other side of the Atlantic, but it's hot here today. So, Alhamdulillah, things are things are very very nice here, um, uh-huh. just as well. But it's beautiful to have everyone together again. I believe you know, and we can talk about yes. this beautiful, uh, you know, this this beautiful thing of healing is believing. You know, it's something that's very very important. And yes, it, it truly is because when we talk about our subject matter today on ancestral energy. There is such great um, informa- wealth of information and wealth of knowledge um, that I myself am um, a student of learning and um, taking all the insight from the teachings of the Qutub and Imam Saab um, from the cases that they um, experience and the wisdom too that Dr. V um, has also is this is a really wonderful platform that our audience can benefit and um, come forth with the, you're experiencing any type of trauma, distress. So I'm just gonna open the floor and have um, perhaps Dr. V, if you would like to start off and uh, give us some insight on ancestral energy. Well, you know, ancestral energy is a surreal thing, it's a serious thing, and oftentimes it's something that we overlook in reference to healing ourselves. We go through a period whereby it seems as if nothing is going right for us. Nothing seems to click in the right manner. And it's because we have a a negative concept, a negative lifestyle, a negative belief system. Now, in the Americas, I mean, I'm talking about the, the Caribbean, Latin America, Central and South America, they have... Uh, the same type of beliefs too, but they call it uh, generational curses. Now you may say, a generational curse, what is that? Keep in mind that uh, in the Americas, we have a conglomeration of different belief systems uh, from the East, from uh, Europe, from Africa. And they all come together oftentimes in the spiritual basis that we call Candomblé or Obia or Shango or Voodoo or Hoodoo or all of these things. And But most importantly, whatever the belief system it is, they're all trying to find some way of healing. And when they can't get healed, they say that it's a generational curse. Now, what is a generational curse? It's the case oftentimes where uh, two, three, four generations of a family, they think the same way, they eat the same way, they live the same way, so therefore nothing gets healed. For example, you have a person who says that they have diabetes, right? And they come back and say to you, well, I have it because my mother had it and her mother had it, but there's nothing 
predisposed in your system, in your DNA that says you have to have it. However, if you eat the same way, you eat the same terrible foods, the same fatty foods, the same soft foods, guess what? The, the, the second generation is going to have diabetes, the third and the fourth, because you haven't changed your way. You have not changed your structure. So, so with the Divine Clinic, it's about a total life change, a whole thinking change, it's a whole cleansing whereby once you get in tune with what we are, what we're doing and what we believe and what we're trying to transmit to different communities and different nations and to the entire uh, world family, when you get in tune with that, it's what you may see in Christianity, a baptism, a new life, a new way of thinking, a new person. You see, and we call it a, a cleansing. And, you know, it's so interesting. You know, Rahida, the other day I was talking to you, right? And and I said, you know, this is like a family. And, you know, and, and, and the family is not just a blood family or a thinking family, but the family is an element where everyone is cleansed, you see? Everyone is into a new world. We're, we're not walking, we're floating. We're, we're not thinking we are creating. It's a beautiful element. So, so if you want to get rid of this generational curse, and if you want to find a new way of thinking, a new way of moving, then you have to contact and get in tune with the divine clinic and understanding the healing powers that's, that, is, that is rooted not just in the religious concept, but in the very nature of mankind and the very nature of humanity. Am I making sense to you? So eloquently um, put put there. I think that the way you've um, described that goes through all ages, all walks of life, and it's not just religious-based and um, really a new way of life here. And um, yes. one of the... And, cases, and I'm glad you yeah, said it's, yeah. it's not religious-based because when we talk about religion, we get caught up, we, get, we become entrapped. All right, we get entrapped with a certain type of dogma that is hard to hard to get out. We put ourselves in a prison. However, when we look at the teachings of the various schools of thought, when we look at it in a spiritual way, as a divine clinic, as divine healing, then we free ourselves. You know, what are what are the people that I used to like a lot when I was a young guy? I used to be a fighter, a boxer. I did Muay Thai and karate and stuff. But it was like, this, they had this guy named Bruce Lee. You ever heard of him? Bruce Lee? No, you ever heard of Bruce Lee? No, Bruce Lee, yes. Bruce, Bruce Lee? Lee, yes. Yeah, Bruce Lee was a ter terrific fighter, great actor. And I, I read his book years ago called The Tayo Tayo of Fighting, I believe. And he said that we have to be like water that goes into a vessel. And what it means is that we're not fixed by any shape, but we take on the concept and the and the structure of whatever we're in. But we are free. We're not one one minute we are we're, we're floating, we're springing, we're pouring, and so the element of our spirituality is free flowing. We are we're not bound by nothing. We're only led by a, a, a concept, a beautiful concept of humanity, freedom, justice, and cleansing. I'm sorry to have cut you off. I get so excited by this. 
so it just it keeps me going. Are we still here? Yes, yeah, so, you know, it's just there's so much um, information and a depth of knowledge um, with um, coming from your background on, on a historical perspective, you know, coming and expressing it from the Caribbean, Latino, and the African. And um, uh, Imam Saab, you know, you have handled quite a bit of cases and um, in dealing with curses, as Dr. Uh, v was also mentioning. Um, what, um, how would you like to add up on? Well, um, well, firstly, Dr. V, uh, you very beautifully put there in terms of what you've, what you've introduced with, because, yeah, I mean, you know, curses have many names, right? They have many badges. But fundamentally, when we're looking at them, they all have the same characteristic, which is to inhibit an individual or a community of individuals, uh, i.e. a family. And I can give you a case study. I can give you a case study as well, in which there were um, a twin, twin brothers who came to us. And uh, their testimonial video is, is on our website as well. And what happened to them was that they were essentially at a spiritual lockdown, yeah? In which, you know, there are people who are suffering, there are people who are not doing well, you know, in terms of things of blockages and all these types of things. And what we have to, what we have to understand is that when, when they're like this, that there's usually a, a deeper understanding why. Now, what happened with these two gentlemen, and this is the thing, I'm going to tell you this story and it's going to sound so surreal. So I need you to sort of stay with me here. Um, you know, I need you to sort of bear with me and, and try and try and sort of get your head around it because it's going to be, I think you're going to, you're going to be in for a bit of a, a head turner really. So what happened with these two gentlemen? Their whole life, their parents were effectively taken over by something else. So their childhood, as they remember it, was one that was full of bitterness, it was full of trauma, it was full of neglect. And when you look at the situation, their parents themselves were suffering as well. And what was happening also was that there was a generational curse happening that stemmed several generations before. Now, typically we're looking at three, four generations on an average person. But with theirs was even longer than that. It went for even before, you know, the, the continents in how we know them, you know, that they weren't even continents, you know, in that, in that sort of way. This is how far things can go back and escalate, you know. And the way that they were reviving that curse was that the people within their dreams were being affected. The very, the very family members of the community were being affected and they were being afflicted while offering sacrifice. Dr. V, maybe this wouldn't sound so unusual to you, but in terms of what they were doing and what they were being forced to do was that they were being asked, they were being asked to essentially, they were being asked to, so just bear with me one moment, Dr. V, inshallah. Okay, okay. So, Dr. V, I mean, what, what we understand at this point, really, is that, you know, in terms of with these, with these gentlemen, they, they had, their family had to offer a sacrifice, and it was a human sacrifice that had to be uh -huh. offered. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
this this was essentially coming into their dreams right so they were being shown a vision in their dreams right uh-huh and what was happening was that they were being told to sacrifice a member of their family so that they may be free from the curse so when you're given a vision now understand you know as a spiritual seeker in this world right now you know you're depending a lot on the visions that you have yeah because right. they're supposed to be there for your guidance they're supposed to be there uh -huh. for you know the spiritual landscape is talking to you is communicating with you that's what you understand yes right. only when you have the hand of a spiritual teacher though this is the reality uh -huh. not when you're by yourself you see in this situation because of the ancestral you know curse and energy on these people what was happening was that they were having visions to to essentially send a female member of their family onto a boat and this was again in in another country yeah where you know uh -huh. a lack of light a lack of you know uh, resources like we have in the like we have in the sort of western world they didn't have access to that then so from the story that they remember and from what we also were told as well is that the they the family then released a female member uh -huh. they they dressed her how they wanted her to be dressed which was you know again in sort of fashionable lipstick you know all dressed up almost like a bride mm -hmm. and they had uh -huh. to they had to put her on a boat okay yeah and release the boat in the darkness in the middle of the night uh -huh. and by doing that the curse will be lifted uh -huh. yeah now their families were fully aware of the curse and fully aware of its ramifications and the way that it was sustaining itself was that every single generation there has to be a sacrifice that's awful it is yes, it's real it's very, real very interesting it's real yeah. and then what happened was that they sent her yeah they sent her on that boat but you know what happened they had a change of heart as she was sailing away they decided to grab the boat because it was it was one of these paddle boats yeah okay. uh -huh. so it was just the current was taking her it appeared the current was taking her but obviously we understand from the spiritual sense of the word it was obviously the forces of the unseen from the dark forces that were taking her away yeah it wasn't the boat was rowing itself there is no tide at night you know in that sense you know be able to take a boat into a desired location you know the tide moves in accordance to you know the moon and the and all the other forces but you know what it tells me it tells me that people are hurting people are looking for answers mm. and while that may be backward to us and it is all right and and dangerous but it also shows that people are striving to find some type of peace some type of cleansing within their souls within their families within yes. their communities within their nations and so where people are desperate they're doing all types of things so for example you're going to have a, a generational curse whereby people in a, in a family are just drinking they're just taking drugs the mother did it the father did it the sister did it the children are doing it because they think that's the only way they can find happiness that's the only way they can find cleansing they haven't understood and they have not been uh, uh, toned or or uh, abreast to what we're well, to how we think which is a holistic cleansing which is something that is pure simple but good 
all right, that is that is the very foundation of not just life, but the very foundation of the universe. So when they don't know these things, they do all types of things. For example, in the United States, great country I live in, but look at it. People are not cleansed. They're not happy. Why? Well, one person, to get happy, they have to get the biggest car that they can find. Then they have to get two, three, four cars. Nobody can drive two cars at the same time. Then they have to get the biggest house. Not a house that's simple and, and, and neat and clean, but something that is bodacious, arrogantly large. Why? To show off. They're thinking that that's making them happy. When that doesn't make them happy, they have to go to a restaurant. They eat the biggest and the most expensive meal. It shows when people are not happy, when people are not cleansed. It illustrates that we have a decadent society. Thus, if we have a decadent, decadent society, it means that people need a man, need a group, need, as my friends would say, the Avengers. That's what I said, the Avengers to come in and to clean them and to come with a type of force, a type of energy, a type of um, a manner, a type of speed that they have never that they have never seen before. You know, so when we have all of this other stuff, people it shows us that we are living in a very dangerous and decadent society that needs what? Holistic cleansing to break what? The generational curse or the ancestral negativity that has embraced and that has that has polluted and created a toxic atmosphere that most of us today live in. It's like bang on. <laughs> you said, is, yeah, you exactly. said it really well. A, it's 100%. And I think, you know, I think just to wrap up with regards to that story as well, just to wrap up with regards yeah. to that story, because what happened what happened was that you know with regards to that family they changed their mind yeah they changed their mind yeah. and they basically pulled the person back the, the young lady they pulled her back from the boat but but exactly what happened was that she went mad so it took it took another direction because what we understand is negative energy has consciousness negative energy is alive do not mess about with it do not think that you want oh, yeah. something or that you are prepared to take it on when in actual fact it's something that can even you know paralyze you because it can many people in the middle of the night they wake up with paralysis you know how do we explain this is it something that our body just shuts down or is it something more untoward happening because many of these experiences would tell you and they would dictate that there's a supernatural element of what's happening. Sure. Sorry, Dr. TV, is that your uh, phone? Yeah, that's, that's my phone. Okay. I cut it off. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, so basically what I'm saying is here in this situation is that we have to understand that negative energy is not something to be bargained with. It's not something that, yes. you know, for example, with these twins, they came yes, and they came to our teacher, yeah? yeah? They came to our teacher, they got yeah. cleansed. You know, praise be to God, the Almighty. He came and he cleansed everything, cleared everything. And what happened was that when these, uh, you know, the, the actual boys themselves, after they got cleansed, they wanted to know, you know, in terms of how the com community would deal with them. Right. So then they, they yeah, they set it upon themselves, you know, with little direction from us. 
But they went and they went to the local masjids, they went to the spiritual centers, and they asked and inquired about their, you know, exist, you know, the condition that they had before, and they said, what would they have done? For example, so they told their story and many of these people of leadership in the community who people should be going to for spiritual help, for spiritual guidance, are left speechless at these types of stories. Because now then they, they look at them and say, well, you need, to, um, you need to just be reading your Quran or you need to be praying. But what we're understanding here is that the level of prayer that you're asking to, to for these these people are already in firstly number one they're in a spiritually negative affected space so they're they're below the level of consciousness even in the normal people right the the average person who is blocked and going through the stresses and turmoils of life and everything is affecting them and they're trying to kind of work their way through the system these are just these are the average people everyone falls into that bracket but then you have people like these two brothers who essentially were in a very very negatively spiritually sort of in a lockdown position very negative position to be living in and you're telling them to act in accordance to what you would generalize or speak to the general public about doing you know telling them to do can you see the the kind of misguidance there? Because that is a gross. That's a that's a negligent on the part of someone who is meant to be accountable for you. It's like a doctor saying to a cancer patient, you know, you're suffering, um, but you know, just uh, just go home and, and sleep it off. It doesn't yeah. quite work like that because the cancer will spread. You have to know the mechanics of the disease that you're dealing with. And I think when we're talking about spiritual energy, we're talking about negative energy, even from the forms of the severe forms, it comes in, i.e. voodoo, hoodoo, and you know, uh, black magic, all of these things, right? Collectively, as a group, they are the major uh, negative forces. Because these, yes. are the, uh, these are the negative forces in which even the sorcerers or magicians themselves are seeking assistance from. They're not seeking it from God. It's nothing pure about what they're doing, right? You know, when they're doing bloodletting, when they're doing sacrifices in the forest, when they're, you know, there's a lot of things in which they're trying to disturb the balance that God has set down. And I think this is what we're talking about. We are here to awaken people to the true understanding of what is going on, bring them forward and tell them that, you know, God's justice has now finally arrived because no more will people be taking it down. You know, these people who, uh, you know, should be coming out of the woodworks now, you know, saying, you know, I recognize that I need help. I recognize there are people who are speaking on my behalf, on my behalf they are speaking because that's what we're doing, Dr. V, isn't it? And QW, we are speaking for those people who don't have a voice. Those Absolutely. who you can't go to a seminar and learn about this because people are not talking about this right. openly. Yeah, 1400 years ago, a man came down, a mad guy said he's the beloved of God. Yeah, look at him now. 1400 years later, over six billion Muslims around the world. Well, six wow. billion population, right? Yeah, but they're all, but even in essence, you know. The, the general consensus, you know, because there are many people who are not counted, isn't it, in a lot of the countries. And we understand that he has left his mark. A man who was named Mad has left his mark. How do we explain that? He was up in the mountains for 20 years by himself. How do you explain that? You see, because what was he connecting to? What did he have access to? What did he know? And, and it's connected to a higher, a higher power. A higher power, exactly. A higher energy, and when a we, higher energy. Yeah. And when, then when we look at the, for example, when we're looking at the the Ahlul Bayt, for example, the Shia community, 
they are fully aware of the sacrifice made by the Holy Prophet and their family and the Imams, for example, as well. Yeah, they are fully aware. The Shia are aware. Ignorance is not a defense. Yeah? The Shia are aware of all of the sacrifices that we made. What is it that all of the Imams knew? That today's Imams today in the masjids are telling people like these twin brothers. They're saying, "Oh, you have a curse. Just go and pray." Yeah. You just send them back to the devils. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Because the devil is playing with these people. That's right. It's the devil's world. One of the things is that we have to understand that just because a a person may call themselves an imam or a priest or or a pastor or a sheikh, it doesn't mean that they really see. All right, they 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 may they they may know all the, the visitations, they may know the history, they may know all the nuances that the world would classify them as a man or woman of learning and leadership, but something is missing, and that something is that uh, that special eye, the eye of the heart, the eye of the heart that is looked into that that, that allows you to see things and to exp- experience things at a different level. So when people go to these centers, the 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 mosque or the church. They're looking. They're, they're they're seeking out people who can't see themselves. And there's a parable in the Bible that says, "Can a can a blind man lead a blind man?" And of course not. All right. So they're going to the wrong wrong places because many of these people they don't have they don't ask the right questions. And by not asking the right questions, they don't have the right answers. So therefore, it's, it, it, they have to go elsewhere. All right, and they're looking elsewhere, and that's where they find us. Today, I was driving to uh, to a, to a, to another town called St. Petersburg. It's about two hours okay. uh, west of Orlando. Five five o'clock in the morning. All right, there are two ladies that's going to uh, uh spiritual uh, cleansing meditation class, and I can't wait for them to get there because I told them Wahida that they need you because these people were toxic. They were mm-hmm. arguing and fighting early in the morning. I asked myself, mm-hmm. how the heck people wake up in, in, in this type of atmosphere of, of hostility and anger and meanness? So I said to them, when they were listening for, to me for a minute, I can't wait for you to, to go to uh, my, my associate, my friend, my sister. To help you with your, with your, with your issues. Because you're going to get a divine cleansing. That's going to be like none other than you ever experienced. And I guarantee that once you are touched by this person who is touched by the Ketub, who is touched by the Imam, you will have a different belief system. You will have a new set of wheels, a new pair of shoes that you'll be able to walk and float and become a new woman and man, a new woman when you leave that place. So, so going back to this thing, yes, this generational curse, this this toxic atmosphere that we have, is destroying us. And the time is now because if they don't listen, if people do not listen, and if people do not take heed to what is taking place, guess what? They're going to be destroyed. Even though we have six billion Muslims, you know, there's an old story that says many are called, but few are chosen. You ever, you ever heard of that? Many are called, but few are chosen. All right, so we have six billion. It's very beautiful, but it's very real. All right, but it's just a few that's going to understand and that's going to change the world. 
And I'm so happy that, 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 that I'm talking to my brothers and my sisters, even though we're separated now by, what, 15,000 miles? I can't swim that far. <laughs> All right? I'm a decent swimmer, but I can't swim 15,000 miles across the Atlantic. But even though we're separated by distance, we have a love, a spiritual energy, a familyhood, like actually it's stronger than blood. Can you believe that? It's stronger than blood. And we want to tie other people into this wonderful family that is based on love, spirituality, peace, and the evolution of a new society. Oh, man, I'm so excited now. I feel like you know, Very beautifully said. And you know, it's in the words of Imam Ali as well. It's in the words of Imam Ali. In, in, in peace and blessings be upon him which he said that belief is greater than blood was it, I think, um, it was Imam, Imam Hussein Imam Hussein yeah right? but it came from Imam Ali, Imam Ali, Ali, teachings, Ali yes. he gave it to Imam Hussein because he was the, the, the biggest martyr in the event of Islam yes. Imam Hussein left one of the biggest marks there you know in terms of what uh-huh. they represented as a sacrifice to humanity. No one today would put a six-month baby up in the air, you know, to be taken by an arrow to the neck. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. to be dehydrated for... You know, we talk about fasting for 12 hours. They were fasting for 10 days, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't go there equipped with that, you know. Do you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you? So we have to understand that the sacrifices of those who came before us, these sacrifices must still continue now. And you talked about the fight and you talked about, you know, if we look at the battles before, you know, if the wars before were not fought, yeah, if the wars before were not fought, then we would not have religion today. Think about it. 20 years, the Holy Prophet was meditating. Now, this is a message to all the people out there who are meditating only, right? Prophet Muhammad Wasallam the peace and blessings be upon him his holy family and upon his true companions what was he doing in the mountains he was he was meditating he was doing all sorts of esoteric practice esoteric revelations were coming to him he was growing he was perfecting himself he was already perfect but because of God's you know infinite wisdom that God himself is perfection on perfection multiplied by infinity you see and we can never understand God in all of his glory you know so what we understand here is that when he's come down and then he has to set the benchmark to say, you as a people are already, you know, in accordance to what you're believing in, but you have to now bring your belief closer to, to the truth, right? Forget the idols. Bring yourself closer to understanding. Bring your hearts together, yeah? And, and Mecca at the time, if you look at the, from yourself as well, Dr. V, as a historian, as a scholar yourself from that perspective, you know, Mecca at the, the time was, was uh, in division, wasn't it? There were many tribes within, within that yes. time. That's right, yeah. Just like we have yeah. in the story of the Bible, the tribes of Israel. Now Moses, yeah. peace and blessing upon him, blessed all of, in the Bible he says, that, and Moses, he blessed upon all of the tribes of Israel. One blessing was for all the tribes. You see that unification? One dua, one prayer for 12 tribes. And look at the link that we're seeing as well. The number 12, symbolism. You know, we talk about symbolism in the, in the aspect of esotericism in the sense of number 12, the 12 imams, the 12 disciples of Jesus, yeah, right. the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Is, is God talking to us or something? 
What's really happening here? You see what I'm saying? But yet the world is asleep. They don't understand. They've forgotten because they're lost between the lines and they're too busy debating among themselves upon matters that are, in God's eyes, very petty. Yeah, because nobody cares about those things really. God doesn't care. God cares about, like you said, the chosen ones. Everybody gets called, but not everybody has a chance, you know, to to fight the good fight. And I think what we have to understand is, that, as you said, the time is now, and that is real. Why? Because if it wasn't for the people of the past, yeah, picking up that sword and shield and going to fight for Islam, for Christianity, or Judaism. None, none of these people from these institutions will be able to pray in the comfort of the illusion of comfort that they have That they will be able to even pray today, for example Yeah, to hold the banner of Islam or Christianity or Judaism today Right, if it was not for the sacrifice of those people Those people didn't say, I'm going to wait for the Bible to kind of be compiled I'm going to wait for the King James's edition I'm going to, you know, wait till the Quran is revealed in its entirety It took 20 years for that you see what I mean? 20 years it took for that Quran to be compiled, finished and completed. True. You see, as Allah says in the Quran, from this day I have perfected for you your religion and completed my favor upon you. 1400 years ago he's saying this and today we're seeing, you know, ignorance like we've never seen it before. We are seeing generational curses affecting more families than we count to understand. Yeah, and yet people are turning yeah. away saying, Oh no, but I've just got this hereditary problem, it's a disease. But the physical manifests on the spiritual. You were a spirit in the heavens first before you came down to, to this world, you see. And the concept of understanding how generational energy starts in the womb, yeah, that when you're being born, and just as your body relies on the mother upon what she's eating and putting in her mouth. So she's putting toxicity in her mouth. You can go to any maternity hospital today and you can see the evidence of what I'm talking about. When you go there and you see, and you can ask the maternity hospital, do they have a specialist unit for babies who suffer with withdrawal symptoms? These are children or babies who are born of mothers who are heavy use of heroin or hard drugs. Yeah? Uh -huh. So how is it that a baby who's never injected themselves in their life is able to have withdrawal symptoms? How is that possible? They don't know any dealers. Do they have a you know a, a mini mobile phone? They're phoning their dealer. Mm. You see what I mean? We have to understand yeah. that there is a reality to how we are affecting our very children, our generations. Yet no one wants to take the blame. No one wants to look at themselves. No one wants to perfect themselves. The Holy Prophet didn't just say, "Come down and said, I am the beloved of God," and that's it. They fought in wars. They placed their family at risk. So that we today could be living in comfort, or at least an illusion of comfort. We owe it to the Holy Prophet. We owe it to all of the, the, the prophets of the past. We owe it to all of them. Because they were beholders of righteousness, of virtuousness. Yeah? All of the law that we talk about today, you know the biggest, the biggest obstacle in Islam in people getting knowledge and seeking esoteric practices and, and looking down the scope and opening and broadening their horizons and trying to look into the heart and all of these things. Well, you know, they're stopped. Why? Because of this aspect of Sharia law. It dominates your life. And there's so much misguidance around it. When, you know, in actual fact, all of Sharia law is derived from the Holy Quran itself. Is that right? Yes, of course. Look, when God talks about the Quran, He didn't say, oh, well, there's an accompanying text as well. 
you know, in terms of the, the laws as well. Yeah, this is the law yeah. pertaining to marriage. Every single law came from the Quran. And then it was then either formulated, backed up by the Hadith. Now there are 6,000 volume of Hadith. 20 yes. years, the Holy Prophet and his Holy Family after that as well, were living on the earth. So there's uh-huh. many Hadith that you can get for any given situation. Because the Holy Prophet would have encountered one of them in his lifetime. So it's not unusual to find Hadith for different things. But when, right. you're, when you're kind of narrowing yourself, because culturally you've been conditioned to not look beyond the boundaries. Yet, when Moses himself was seeking nearness to God, and he was asked by his people, in, in accordance to the Quran again, when he was asked by his people, Oh Moses, are you the most wisest of them all? Moses said, you know what? He, trust, he spoke truthfully because he was a man of truth. He spoke truth. He said, I don't know. He didn't say, yeah, I know he could have. But he said, I don't know. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm going to ask God and find out. <laughs> so he goes, he goes to the mountain and he goes and he dials to God. And he asks God as well, you know, and God speaks to him through the burning bush. And again, this is of significance. Why? Because he also asks God that he wishes to see God. But God declines him and says, no, just keep it on voice chat for now. Yeah, you know we're not doing FaceTime at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, you understand. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. he asked him. He asked him, didn't he? He asked him. He said, oh, "Am I the wisest because you've chosen me to lead? You know, the twelve tribes of Israel and you know the, the, the chosen people. You know, you've you've given me uh, you know accountability for them. So do I know everything, my lord? And the good lord, the high lord, he says no. He says there is one who is more wiser than you are." So what did he do? He says, take me to him, guide me to him, my Lord. Seek the path of those who have been favoured. Favoured with what? With God's, you know, God's favour. Because that is something that you cannot take away from anybody. It's not something that you can buy either. There's no monetary value to favour. Favour is something either you have it or you don't. Yeah? But you can only get it if you're walking the path of truth. Now who does he go to see? He goes to see Al-Khidr salam. Al-Khidr himself, you know, and again, this is where the discussion then breaks out and there's fights among the, the Muslim Ummah themselves because they say that Al-Khidr was a prophet or whatever. But you know what? Even if he was or he wasn't, when God mentions that he was between the two seas, if he was indeed a prophet, and I ask this to all the Muslims who say that he was, if he was indeed a prophet, and the Quran is the book I will follow, I'm not going to follow what anybody else has an exhibition or you know, a conference in what they're giving. I'm going back to what the one Lord is saying, really, because that's what we have to go back to. Jesus, when he was here, he was bringing everybody back to the Torah. He wasn't coming here to set down the Bible. That came as a result of how he was. And God's favor upon Jesus, that he gave him that. You see, he gave that to Jesus because of Jesus' love for the Lord. Because of how he sacrificed himself and his followers. He didn't get married, he didn't have children. You see what I mean? So when we understand about sacrifice in terms of those, and you know, we give full respect to Moses, peace be upon him, upon Jesus, peace be upon him, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon them as well. Yeah, We give respect to all of them. And what we're saying is that we have to look from their lessons you know, in understanding that even, even as as Moses himself, with the prestigious title that he was awarded by God, he didn't know everything. He did not know everything, and he was told this, and this is also written in the Quran. This is immortalized yeah. in there, 
And then when he when he says, where do I find him? He says, you'll find him where the two rivers meet, where the two seas meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if we look elsewhere in the Quran, where God talks about the two seas, he talks about the sweet and the salty. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, right. the two river, the two seas, both of different compositions, they don't mix right. because of their composition, right. because of the polarity, because of all the other scientific understanding, but they don't meet, right? That's God's order. That's, that's right, they don't mix, that's right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if you have someone who's essentially sitting, metaphorically speaking, in between two seas, what people are they leading? Because people need to live on land. Yeah? If people could live on sea, then why did the people, uh, the children of Israel, have to cross over the Red Sea? Why couldn't they just set up camp on the Red Sea? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? It doesn't make yeah, sense. Because yeah. we are human no, we're beings. Not yeah? We, yeah? Exactly. We, we are we're made to sus- be sustained on the land. Yet, right. when Moses is directed to one who is wiser than him, you know, who has received God's favor, he's away from everybody. What is what we understanding? He's detached. That's what it is. He's detached from everything. He wasn't a prophet. He can't be a prophet if you're detached like that. You see? Right. Because as a prophet, you have to lead. You have to be involved. But Al-Hidr was yeah. not involved. When, and then when you look at the eyes that follow this, the story in which Al-Hidr is essentially just as a passenger. You know, he travels on a boat. He doesn't have his own boat. He travels on a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes into yeah. the village and he asks for food and and he asks for stay. So therefore, implying what that if he was indeed a prophet or someone of nobility, that people would recognize him, no, upon his travels, or he would have money to pay his way. But he didn't ever have that, you know. But he was doing God's work. He was a secret right. agent for God, essentially. You know, yeah. and that is That's very, right. very, you know, it's a very beautiful thing. And we have to understand that even today, there are such sleeper agents of God. Yeah, it's not right. a far-fetched thing. It's not something that we can see on the TV, you know, and think, oh, these things are just, you know, uh, illusions and, and uh, make-believe. Well, this is, yeah, really yeah. Um, but you, I mean, you, beautifully go ahead, said. Go ahead, yes. and, um, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, the brother, brother Imam, broke, he broke it down. Yeah. I mean, he broke it down and he, he made it so plain that a fool could understand it. <laughs> All right? Yes, keep it because, simple. I mean, he, he, I mean, it's very simple and straightforward. And one of the things that, that you implied was that in order to get to this new level, and I think you once said it before, or someone said it, and that is we have to die in this world. Give it up. Yes, yeah. To take on a new spiritual leap. And, and, and that's what we're talking about. You see, and, and 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 look at the sacrifice and to give it up. We have to sacrifice all of the, all of this, all, all the things that we thought we needed, that yes. we thought yes. we wanted, yes. that we thought we loved. Yes. All this other stuff is like it. All this stuff is an illusion. If you thought a blue sky, but if you got out that plane trying to find that blue, well, you you just drop to the ground or to the ocean because there's no blue sky, is there? There's no blue water. It's just an illusion, all right? So therefore, you give up this illusion to get on to a new spiritual plane. I mean, brother Imam, you broke it down and you put it out there. So you're, you're opening up a lot of things, you know, I think from the exoteric to the esoteric and, the, you know, in terms of how you're bringing things together collectively now and in terms of we're opening discussion, right? We're saying, listen, religion is not meant to be hard, yeah? You know, we ourselves are making things harder for ourselves. 
by narrowing our understanding and narrowing our belief system. And why are Absolutely. we doing that? I think the question is the why. I think we should leave everyone with the why. You see? Why is that happening? Yeah. Because that's a great injustice right. to yourself. I mean, everybody deserves to know the truth. Every single person. Well, this has been a really Absolutely. exciting um, podcast. Um, where it started off with uh, ancestral energy and we you know, did a whole full circle. And I'm sure we have so much more to discuss about on our 44 minute um, podcast today but thank you yeah. all for tuning in thank you Dr. V thank you Imam Saab until next time Assalamu Alaikum